1: What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big Three account in the universe, even in quarantine. That's Big Three News, aka Will. Back with another edition of The Fourth Man. Thank you guys for tuning in back into now episode 36. Starting to lose count here of all the episodes, as well as the days of the week. Will, man, how is it going? This is, what, episode four in quarantine? We've been in quarantine so long, we you probably don't even know
2: I, I'll i tell you what, I've been in quarantine for so long, I'm starting to feel like a corn adult. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I feel that. Uh,
2: yeah. Um, but listen, you know, I, I think the main thing is at this point in my life, you know, like, I, I'll tell you what, I'll be 100% honest for you, to everybody here. I was not the biggest uh, WNBA fan before uh, last week, but I was getting hyped for the draft. Oh, like, I immediately turned it on. <laughs> I I was getting so hype. I was like reading on like all like the teams and like who like why this team shouldn't take a wing, but this team needs <laughs> to take a guard or whatever. Da, 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 da. And I was getting really into it. Uh, I'm hyped that Sabrina Ionescu is coming to New York. Yep. So I feel like I'm really like. Listen, I'm not I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm going to ride this bandwagon. <laughs> So you're you ride know, the Liberty bandwagon? 110%. I'm hopping on the bandwagon. I'm a diehard Liberty fan now. Well, it's crazy the amount of draft picks
1: they had throughout that draft. And oh, funny absolutely. enough, fun fact here for the day, I actually went to school with one of the girls who was drafted. She was a freshman. Get out of here. I was a senior, yeah. She was supposed to go in the first round, I think, but I think just due to the lack of teams needing a point guard and the fact that the Liberty had, what, five of the first 15 picks or so. Yeah. You know, and they went with Ionescu as the first pick. I think it kind of limited her chances, but she got picked in the second round. I honestly can't remember by which team. Her. I think it's a dream, but pretty cool. She was a, a point guard at UConn. Big shout out to her representing the the borough there and the Blackman Blaze over there. But hey, shout out. Hey, back to the high school roots. Hashtag blaze it. You know what I mean. <laughs> I think a lot of people were doing that probably during <laughs> that the quarantine. <laughs> If you want to find the show on Twitter or Instagram, which I know everyone is on here lately, so don't even act like you can't find us, but it's at 4thmanpod, 4th Man Pod. If you want to find our personal handles, it's at Big3news, at A underscore Siggy. And for those of you tuning in on Dash Radio for the fr- and listening to us for the first time, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Or if you're coming back, also appreciate you guys tuning back in and coming back and listening to another show. Learning a little bit more about what's going inside the world of the big three. Not a lot of news here lately, obviously, with the current climate. But nonetheless, we are always here to update you on everything that's going on with the big three world. And super excited that we get to be a part of Dash Radio and, and more specifically the Nothing But Net channel. So appreciate everyone joining in from Dash Radio here. And, well, we don't have a lot to talk about, like I said, but we do have some updates in yeah, this is more of, like an update, you know? More of an update. But let's start on an even lighter note. So we don't have a lot of sports. We obviously had the WNBA draft, which probably got, or I should say had its most success probably ever. Just in It, was, the like, it that, was like
2: the most watched draft in like 20 years, I think I saw. Wow,
1: crazy. And, and not yeah. surprised at all. We also have the NFL draft coming up tomorrow. We're we're recording this on Wednesday. So we got the first round tomorrow, which is exciting. From a basketball standpoint, or I should say uh, a men's professional standpoint, basketball we also have or we also got the first glimpse glimpse at the michael jordan documentary yes the last dance espn released it a couple months early and i think a lot of people were advocating early on that we need this now please and and espn does a favor and we got the first two episodes will what did you love about the first two episodes of the documentary or
2: what stuck out what stood out there I mean, I'll tell you what. I think the craziest thing for me is that, like, you know, listen, I, I was born in '98, so I was born the year this documentary is taking place. So, like, this is all news You Were news born to in me. the last dance. I literally was the. Their last dance was my first breath. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but obviously, like, obviously, I am well aware of uh, who Michael you know, Jordan Michael is. Jordan, who <laughs> Michael Jordan is, and. Uh, that the 98 team, but I had no idea that, uh, the whole thing with Jerry Krause, yeah. you know, that, that they, that Jerry Krause wanted to take the team apart and Michael Jordan hated him. Da, da, da. I had no idea that Scottie Pippen was the 120th highest paid player in the league, you know, and year, that team mil. Yeah. And that, that he, that he took, he, he, uh, he didn't want to rehab over like the summer or something. This, so this is, so this is all like brand new to me. So like i'm I'm having the time of my life. I don't know
1: about you. Well, it's pretty new to me too, you know. I was only born four years earlier, so kind of as the bulls were getting going and in the midst of their their dynasty there. but I think the thing that stuck out to me the most was obviously or I shouldn't say obviously, but I think it stuck out for a lot of people and the fact that Michael Jordan's what second year there where he had the injury. They were limiting him to seven game or seven minutes per half. He was putting up outstanding numbers <laughs> in those fourteen minutes per game, and then yeah, what he was able to do in the playoffs after he was off the the uh, limited restriction. There, I mean, first of all, the fact that he got them into the playoffs playing only fourteen minutes and, and barely any of the season, and then to put up numbers like forty nine points, sixty three points against the Boston Celtics who. During that year, I think that was, what, 86 is what they yeah, said? Yeah, that's like, that's like prime that's, Larry Bird. That's prime Larry Bird. That's Danny Ainge, Kevin McHale. I mean, those are all your, your legendary Boston Celtics players. So that was pretty amazing to watch, and obviously that's something that we both then get to experience. So to kind of relive it now here 30 years later or so, 40 years later, uh, was pretty remarkable, and I, I really enjoyed the documentary. And I'm pretty excited for the next part. Saw some of the previews there, and it looks like, it's going to talk a little bit more about Dennis Rodman being on the yeah, team. Yeah, so. so
2: episode one, right, was the MJ episode. Then episode two was really like, oh, my God. And then Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen was, was the ball boy on some D2 school? <laughs> How crazy is that? Yeah, and he, like, some no coaches idea. asked
1: him to come out and play, and he's like, okay, sure. And that's, then that's what, 50 years later, he's me. in the Hall of Fame, got like six rings. Somehow only I mean, made 70 year or $18 million. And now, like. I think a lot of athletes say this. It's it's all about situation, right? And I think for him, he was kind of going through more of a hardship than other people, you know, coming, I guess, from a small town, finally making a, a big buck and wanted some sustainability. And he certainly got that
2: with that contract. Yeah, Seven I years, mean, listen, but, like, I, I don't blame him in the slightest. Like, he said that, like, his, his father was in a wheelchair, Then I think he said his, his brother was in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. So like he, and he was like he the family
1: if, of a, a or part of a big family. I
2: think is yeah. So he was like, if I sign this contract right now, it might not be good in the long term, but I'll know that my family is taken care of. Well, like who wouldn't sign
1: that? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's crazy because if that were to happen in this day and age and we saw the type of player Scotty Pippen was becoming and he asked for a new contract.
2: He would have sat out and renegotiated.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that or they would have given to him no problem, you know. Yeah. I feel like people just throw out the max deal to anybody nowadays. Oh, for sure. So, it's just crazy that it's that Jerry Krause essentially like ruined this whole dynasty <laughs> yeah. because he wanted cre- he wanted the credit for himself that he had a a huge part in those six championships. And not saying he did, and I think MJ gave him a lot of credit. But at the end of the day, he made a good point. He's not out there scoring 60 points a game and and putting up W's. And so I think if we learned anything from the documentary, at least through the first two episodes, we now know that Jerry Krause is a short,
2: angry man and has a huge target on his back. (laughs) So just look out for the guy. I would love to hear his side of the story. I mean, I know he's passed away, so he doesn't really have the opportunity to, like, defend himself. But like, I feel like there's two sides to every story, sure. you know, yeah. so I would love to hear like what exactly his thought process was.
1: Yeah, I know. I would like to hear that too, but it definitely was interesting to hear about because it's something that I feel like through all the highs for the Bulls and, and that franchise, it's something that is not talked about enough, I think, at least for, you know, guys like us, the younger generation that was alive for like the, the tail end of MJ's career there, but yeah didn't really know enough about the first half other other than like some highlights and the accolades they accomplished or uh, were mm-hmm. able to receive so i thought that was pretty interesting and de- and definitely gave us some excitement during the quarantine you know just any type of sports i mean we were talking about a little bit before the show you're you're watching old highlights of david hawkins playing in italy i was I'm pretty yeah. much just having a rerun of the season I'm pretty much watching like every week (laughs) (laughs) once a day you know yeah so um, definitely just to see something that we're not used to seeing and and kind of get that behind the scenes look of of you know the greatest of all time it's pretty pretty fun to watch
2: yeah and I'll, I'll tell you what I think the craziest thing that that I took away from it is like and again I was I was a toddler but like so like 98 Jordan wins it right And then 99 is when Tim Duncan wins it. And then 2000 is when Kobe wins it. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, maybe if you were around during that time, like, that's, like, not – like, that doesn't mean anything to you. But for me, like, I feel like when I talk about Kobe and I talk about the 90 Bulls, I do not think two years apart. Like, that's, like, a whole, like, generation apart for me. You know what I mean? And the fact that Kobe and Shaq were winning rings, two years (laughs) – after michael jordan was you know what i mean beating the jazz that's insane yeah like I guess, you think like 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 the champion two years ago was kd and the warrior and that seems like yesterday
1: yeah i know it's crazy to see everything they've gone through and you know yeah. the, the fact that a raptors championship is in between all that doesn't oh my god it's <laughs> 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 just crazy to think about time does go by fast and i i've sent i've said this before i've said this more out of outside the pod but Really wish I was born in the 80s because I feel like the 90s were a good year. You know, was born in the 90s but don't obviously remember a lot of this being a toddler, an adolescent, but I just feel like there's always, so many good yeah. things that happened in the 90s and not just in sports, like outside of sports.
2: I always wish that I was born in the 70s so that like uh, my like growing up would be like the 80s and then I would be like an adult in the 90s.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be bad either either yeah instead we live in this day and age where we're not allowed to leave the house without wearing a mask or (laughs) clothes
2: right exactly
1: good part is i do live in the state that they just announced some things will open back up so let's go we're we're on go get that haircut (laughs) i i desperately need it it's looking (laughs) although not many people are even seeing me nowadays so like you know to me it's just kind of like ah let it ride
2: but that's exactly what I'm doing. Well, I, uh, we had someone like come over the house, like go like in like the, uh, you know, wherever in the backyard, to, like cut hair. And I was and they're like, do you want a haircut? I'm like, no, I'm letting <laughs> this thing. I'm, I'm getting some flow. I mean,
1: I've been wearing the same sweatpants probably for the past two weeks. I, I'm still not considering <laughs> them dirty because I haven't left the house with them.
2: Oh, I'm rotating. I'm rotating the three. Uh, I have a fourth man podcast sweatshirt. Uh, not I bad. have, uh, I have a, a, college sweatshirt and then i have what's the other one Uh, i don't remember but there's three hoodies that i'm literally i just put on every day
1: i love that you're rocking the the fourth man one always got to represent there uh but yeah in in terms of the documentary i think that was probably one of the highlights of uh, probably the quarantine to be honest i mean we haven't heard too much about the, the quarantine tournament that's supposed to come in may uh as far as we know they are still on track to do that so hopefully we'll get more word leading up to it maybe they're trying to finalize all the details before releasing all the information about it so hopefully you get some word about that and from good news let's turn to a little bad news and it's kind of been the continued trend obviously during this time we don't always necessarily get what we want or what we were expecting and I think a lot of people are just coming to that realization but Just like the rest of the sports world, the Big 3 is now starting to suffer here as the season approaches. They, I think it was the governor of New York, correct, Will? Yeah. Announced that there will be no non-essential events going on in June. And recently, the Big 3 has announced that its first two games in Memphis and then the first game that was supposed to be outside in New York have been postponed or canceled. I'm assuming that they're going to play those games, if they do play games, it's gonna be in LA. As as we were told earlier, is that most of the games were going to be held in LA and a more confined area. Kinda of your first thoughts, Will, because I, I know for me, the NYC game was probably the one I was looking forward to the most. Different experience, maybe a different fan base out there. And so despite all the other games kind of being postponed, it's in terms of like traveling to those cities, I think this one has been the hardest for me.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just feel like the whole, the whole thing just sucks. Um, I mean, I I understand why they did it, you know? I mean, as soon as I saw that, you know, they canceled all non-essential events, you know, uh, in June, I was like, all right, so I I kind of put two and two together. I'm like, the big three is going to have to pull out. Um, I know places like Florida have deemed sports an essential service. So I was like, oh, well, maybe not. But then I was like, but honestly, like, it doesn't mean that fans are going to be there. So what's the point of even going, you know, if you have this facility in L.A. already ready? What's the point of going all the way to New York just to play in a different empty basketball court? Yeah. So, you know, so I, I think, I mean, listen, there are obviously – if you want to know the mindset of the league, they're obviously trying to play in front of fans because they still haven't canceled Portland, which is scheduled for the end of August.
1: Which, that's the one that's kind of the most surprising to me, right? Because yeah, that's pretty close to like the epicenter of where this all began in the United mm-hmm. States. So they're trying to at least make one game happen, but it doesn't look like it's going to be Memphis or New York. Memphis is a little surprising, I think, but I know the Tennessee governor has been pretty strict just based on what my family has told me that lives in Tennessee, it's been mm-hmm. a little bit stricter from county to county, so maybe that's kind of the reasoning there. But if we can at least get one game, I think that's a win right now. I'm taking all mm-hmm. small W's at this point.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean i'll I'll tell you what you know, if it's if we just get Portland, then you know I'll I mean, I will, we'll have to take a road trip to Portland, you know uh, cross country trip cross country, absolutely. Um so I you know I hope that something happens you know um I think it makes sense to maybe I don't know I think everything's on the table you know I don't think anything's everything's been ruled off but I think the good news is compared to the NBA they have another basically month and a half to prepare um for this so we should sort of get answers to what the plan is for the season but they are building this. They did say right away we're building this facility in LA. So I don't. I wish I had pictures. I I don't really know any information besides that they they are building a facility in LA, to house all these games. Um. So I hope. I'm assuming that worst case scenario, all the games are just played there.
1: Yeah, that would that would probably be. I guess the most ideal if if we can get any games, I think is is probably a W. Um. Just yeah. in general, it doesn't even have to be in a city, but. Definitely playing in Portland. I think that'd be a great crowd if we're going to go to one. I think it would be at least probably the most jumping, uh, just based on the schedule this year. So, uh, you know, hopefully that comes into fruition. We'll just have to continue to monitor that for the for the foreseeable future here.
2: Yeah, and I, I almost wonder if um, I almost wonder if they sort of rearrange things so that let's say they come to the conclusion that Portland's going to be the only like fan attended game. Let's just say, even though now I don't know if that's possible, but let's just say, right. Let's be optimistic and hope that by the end of August, they will be able to have fans in the stadiums. Um, You know, I wonder if they, if they switch things around and they make that the championship,
1: that would be a bad idea. Just play all the games in LA and then make that the final game of the year. Yeah. I love that. I think the Motor Center would be jumping. Maybe we get a yeah, little Dane and T.J. McCollum walk in there. That'd be there. dope. That'd Absolutely. Be dope. Honestly, anybody and on that, the team would be yeah. cool.
2: One hundred ten percent. Or you know, I, I wonder if it'll be interesting. I wonder if they move it. I don't know because there's so many unknowns. You know, yeah. once 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 we figure out at what point they can start letting fans back into stadiums and where, then I would say try and do it there. Right like if like like what baseball is doing like if they say all right fans can go back in stadiums in Arizona or whatever and I don't even know if that's a realistic thing to say in just one area then I would say all right then call the Suns and be like (laughs) what you know I know you're not hosting any other events so what uh you know ideally
1: be good if it was in a state that had multiple venues yeah it seems like California might be a kind of a reach so We'll just have to continue to monitor that. But, you know, the, I, I think the best thing going for the big three is that the season doesn't start until June. and so They have time. Maybe, they have time yeah, we have time to out. kind of figure all this out. Maybe in May things will start to go back to some type of normalcy here. And yeah. I think we're going to try to go to some normalcy on the show with some more good news because we're going to end this at least first half on a high note here. And, by the way, if you want one of those sweatshirts that will has as will is talking about he he's rocking a hoodie with a fourth band logo on it you can find those at design tree dsgn tree i was supposed to kind of make some more designs and have some more merch out there uh for the pod but that has not been successful yet so still working on that but we do have a couple things out there that are up for grabs and if if you want to rock the fourth band we would greatly appreciate that. No obligations. Just if you want to continue to support the show, uh, we greatly appreciate that. And hopefully some cooler designs are on the way.
2: And I will and I will say this, too. These sweatshirts, I don't know where they make them. They're so comfortable. Yeah. Like, like, like you have one, right?
1: Yeah, I've heard yeah. a lot of good reviews about them.
2: They are literally incredible. Um, like they're, they're perfect, especially now if you're just lounging around the house. Um, you know, hip, uh, hitting up Zoom University, um, it, they're, they're they're literally, this is one of the more comfortable sweatshirts that I've, I've owned. So 10 out of 10, highly recommend. That's the best
1: big three account in the universe telling you it's a 10 out of 10. So yep. take it for what it's worth here. On to the news. We did find out today that Ball Hogs Jermaine Taylor will be returning for season four. Uh, for those of you who know who, who know Jermaine Taylor, he did play for Ball Hogs the past two years. However, last year, within the first few minutes of the game, actually tore his Achilles. It looks like he's back on track to play in the Big Three. Don't know if it's going to be with Ball Hogs. I know that there was, I think it was Scal who was very impressed with how far Jermaine Taylor had come. And Jermaine was supposed to have a, a really good season in Season 3. We were expecting really big things of him. He was actually one of the one of the players to come on the show. And we kind of talked about how this next season he's really going to light it up and obviously didn't get that chance, unfortunately, but I, I think there's going to be some big things coming. We've got to see glimpses of his rehab process, and he's looking better than ever, jumping, running, you know, short short shuttle things, so excited to see what Jermaine Taylor is going to bring in season four, and even more excited to, to see if he will be part of Ball Hogs, if they prioritize him, or if he ends up landing on another team that might need a, another guard who can score at will, so super happy to see Jermaine Taylor back there, and and Will, I know you're you're pretty excited for uh, JT to come back as well.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I know uh, I know JT is really your boy. Um, he was one of the OG guests, Big right? Big fan of
1: JT. Uh, OG, yeah, yes. I, was, I think he was the second guy to come on. So
2: So, listen. Big fan a, of JT. A, anybody that's been here uh, you know with us from the jump, you know, I'm 100% going to support and I know that when he is on the court, he is a difference maker. So, I think, you know, like I said, I think that this is just another person that you're adding to the draft pool. That, you know, if teams aren't necessary, if teams want to get a taste and see what he looks like pre injury, I understand that. I think that he was probably projected to be like the next Andre Owens and be like a captain um, before that injury. But yeah. I, it's understandable that teams might want to see. Uh, where he's at, but I have all the faith in the world. So I think that, you know, this is somebody that's your look, that's going to be early first round.
1: I agree. And I think if he was a big, he'd probably be a lock to be a first round. However, we know in the big three, big men are highly prioritized because we see the type of difference they can make. So wouldn't be surprised to see if Ball Hogs went with Jermaine Taylor for a second straight year in the second round. Um, Super excited for him to come back. He looks like he's kind of back to his old self, obviously, he hasn't got probably a chance to play too much here as of late, but he looks like he's in good shape. Um, saw a little bit more of his rehab there on social media, so uh, highly encourage that. If you're looking forward to seeing Jermaine Taylor, would we'll just follow him on Instagram there. He does update a lot of his rehab, and he's looking real good, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited for him. I would love for him to return to Ball Hogs and, and really make his presence known, and even better. How, how much better would it be if he was the key to bringing them success I, I was gonna say playoffs but i think just success in general would be good for them at this point
2: i mean i wouldn't be surprised
1: yeah me either I so wouldn't be <laughs> uh super excited looking forward to him i, I know for them they're probably going to try to get will mcdonald that's probably priority number one but if they were able to lay land maybe jermaine taylor maybe even in the third round that's their last pick like oh no one's grabbed me yeah, everyone's scared of the injury we'll take him boom Right, You know, that could be that could be a pretty solid team. So we'll have to continue to wait and see. But excited for what Jermaine Taylor is going to bring to season four. And on that note, that's going to cap off the end of this part of the episode. We do have a little bit more exciting news here. We're going to talk to Tri-State's Coorsley Edwards. Super excited to, to talk to corsley here. And, and more so just learn a little bit more about his perspective. And, you know, kind of how he's seen... The big three through his eyes. He's been a part of the big three for the past couple seasons. Uh, played a major part in Tri-State success, getting tr- trying to get back into the playoff um, contention there. Uh, he played a big part in that. So excited to talk to Corsley a little bit more and and just learn a little bit more about him. Um, Will any closing remarks here before we talk to Corsley?
2: Um I just I'm really excited. This is somebody that really uh, you know made it. A name for himself as a very uh you know useful uh vet I would say in the big three and when you're playing three on three basketball or fireball three I think that guys like corsley Edwards really have an opportunity uh to showcase what they bring to a basketball court that isn't always necessarily reflected um in you know the the, the stat line so I'm just super excited to hear his perspective on everything
1: you know what I love too is that I feel like a lot of these back to the basket type players. I think a lot of them are starting. I mean, it's kind of the evolution of basketball, but we get to see a lot more of those guys take like jump shots, like inside the arc there. And I feel feel like a lot of them are getting really good at kind of that mid range game there. So, and I, and Corsley's one of those guys. Um, so I think that's, that's something that's exciting about the big three. It's kind of bringing back not only the big man, but bringing back the mid range there. So,
2: Absolutely. I mean, especially now, I mean, the fact that there's hand checking, you know, you can't just kind of just post up on somebody and like, exactly. you know, relax and watch TV. You know, people can be like, get the hell off of me. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I get think, um oh. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, guys, especially, you know, if your whole game is like back to the basket post move to be forced to really, you know, step out of your comfort zone, which is something really fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and I think more of the defenders give those guys. A chance because they think oh this guy couldn't shoot one i played him last in the nba you know and so they're like oh well you clearly haven't seen my my latest shoot around there on instagram (laughs) (laughs) um but that being said here's corsley edwards joining us now over the phone for this edition of the fourth man is a guy who is one of the few lefties in the league and also a member of Tri State this past year, Corsley Edwards. Man, Corsley, we appreciate you coming on, talking to us, giving us a little light or excitement during this quarantine, man. How's everything going on your end? Everything's up and down. You know, we're we living in a different world now. So you know, we get to have fun and
0: get to spend time with our families, it's things we don't get used to do. And- It's a whole bunch of different things, like spend time with your son, play video games, get to play catch with your children now, get to go outside, walk in the parks, get to to have real conversations. It's pretty pretty well, you know, a lot lot of information, so stuff I think we all need. For sure. sure.
1: (laughs) Well, I think at this point, everyone's probably got a side hustle, so everyone better come out with with a different occupation.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely that. See, see, mine is, I just went off and started, you know, got my non-profit up off the ground on my birthday, actually, on March 5th, right before all the quarantine stuff started happening. So, oh, my great. non-profit, I got, I got solid, got all my papers, and so I'm ready to roll. So, you know, let's put that out there. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah. What, what, Let's start with that. So, what, what's all this non-profit all about? What type of work are you doing? Um, Right now, I'm just trying to get back to youth. Um, I was a kid growing up, had one pair of sneakers. My mother had me for basketball, outside playing, all that stuff, parties, all that stuff. I only had one pair of sneakers. So my thing is I'm trying to give back to a lot of kids in the community who get teased on for they having one pair of sneakers that might not be up to par. Or, you know, being able to give them the motivation to say, okay, I can walk with you guys because maybe you have the top brand shoe that might be out that year or whatever, you know so So they don't feel less of a person because when you look at people, a lot of people, me personally, I look at your shoes. I'm like, okay, he, he knows well about himself because he has nice shoes on, you know? So that's how my non-profit got start, started. And just pretty much being a kid, just having one pair of shoes, like I want to get back to as many kids as I can. Just, just give them that confidence. I understand it like, as long as your feet got you know, up on you, you can walk, take
1: any step you want to take. Love that, and I think that's an important kind of yeah. voice to convey. Yeah. I, convey, especially at this point with everything going on. I think everyone's kind of lacking a, a sense of motivation. Everyone's kind of complacent at the moment. So. Love that, especially you know, I you know, I couldn't imagine being a child through this, going stir crazy in the yeah. house, just tons of energy. You said you have a son; I'm sure he's going crazy, uh, being restricted. Yeah. So um, yeah. I love that, just you know, giving back one, but two, just giving those those kids just like a, a sense of, of motivation that you know you can be in my shoes too. I've been in your shoes; you can also be in my shoes as well. So love that.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Um, yeah, that, and then also teaching. Like my wife is a teacher. So she's been teaching for thirteen years and she's, has a passion. She has a guest, a tool my mother taught for thirty years. So also teaching these kids, giving them back proper in home teachings. So like everybody's been always running out in the street, teaching, you know, going to get the fast food this, fast food that. Why not sit in the house? So perfect timing now with the quarantine. A lot of people learn how to cook, a lot of people all these things together. Now okay. you're getting taught this. <laughs> Bring it awesome. back.
4: <laughs> yeah. Every everyone's gonna come out of this. Fifty percent of people are gonna come out of this either like, uh, like fifty pounds overweight or ripped. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, up to you, whatever, whatever. Which one you want to be? Yeah, sure. I'm gonna be in that in shape.
0: That in um, I'm always going. <laughs> I'm always sure. We all know what that's like. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, normally we started this off asking more big three questions, but I feel like with the state of the world and the climate we're in, gotta ask you first. <laughs> You know, off rip here, some new hobbies you've acquired during the quarantine here. Reading. I like it's
0: that. Okay. Like every day, reading every day, something motivational, something positive, and just something just to take your mind off of everyday struggle of this quarantine. Like just staying positive. That's that's my every. That's my thing I picked up during this quarantine.
3: Love that. Reading. <laughs> a big reader. What's the
0: best thing you read so far. Um, lemonade lights. um, okay. That book is yeah, like it says. You know, you got lemons. Why not make lemonade? You know. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool, man. It's a. It's a great concept. Nate. Nate. Nah. You know. Nate. Nah. Got onto like a book club. So. We talked about it, so we, we shoot back and forth a little bit of notes about it. So, Nate Robson on Tri-State, so we're referring that's back cool. to the big three. So, yeah, we, yeah, we do that. The Tri-State book club? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Let's that Tri-State book club. That's awesome. Rob Hyde Rob himself does it himself. So.
4: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Rob
1: Hyde's over there making big moves, too, man. Oh, my God.
4: Yeah. I can't believe Rob Hyde selling, yeah. selling David Beckham and – multi million dollar apartment that's 20, crazy. 24
1: mil, I think.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, big thing. And I'm gonna tell you about Rob Rob is a special guy, man.
0: Like, you would never know, he's, he looks quiet, but he gets things done. I love him to death. Like, I that's my brother. I I know Rob for some years now, and it's just like he's just gotten better and better as time has gone on, so that's
3: that's a good guy right there that's always he'll always be a good guy he's gonna be blessed
4: with everything like David Beckham sales so. yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> My that's fact.
1: awesome that's great yeah we were fortunate to have him on this show I think we had him on a little too early Will we should have had him on after this talk about that I
4: know yeah. well, I mean, you could say maybe, you know, maybe we like brought him the luck You know he comes on with yeah. us and now he's selling David Beckham the apartment so he needs
1: he needs to come on again alright we'll, we'll make sure that's to get right, him on yeah. of course you come too we'll, we'll just do a four man show here <laughs>
4: We have
3: him He's gonna be, be selling Ronaldo in the park. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, of course, we, let, let's talk about the big three a little bit. And we, you know, every time yeah. we have a guest on, we want to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of how you got started. Who kind of told you about the big three? And you know, what was kind of your end? You were drafted there in the first round in season two by Ball Hogs how did you kind of get into the big three or who kind of let you uh, or made you aware of it?
0: Um, Just I've been following it since season one. I was introduced to it season one. It was at a time I I was was coaching. I was um, in the G League coaching, so I really didn't have really that time. I was with the Charlotte Hornets. And then like uh, a buddy of mine called me and said, man, you might be one of the best left-handed players I've ever seen in the post on the block and do whatever, do it all you need to do this. And he ran the big, he was um, affiliated with the big three at that moment, Joe Conley, you know, well-known basketball guy here in Baltimore. And he got me introduced and signed me up. And I went out there for that workout. And I just told myself, I said, I haven't played basketball in a few years. I'm a little overweight, but I had that mentality. that <laughs> Once I'm out on that floor, pretty much the mama mentality. I'm out on that floor. I don't see anything besides everything in them lines. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I went out there for that workout, got drafted, and just felt like I got my due for what I didn't get to do when I played, you know, when I came through. So, I said, well, I'm getting my respect now. I'd rather take my roses now, though.
3: (laughs)
1: Facts.
0: Everything going on,
1: so, yeah. Yeah, what what has kind of been like the expectation versus reality um, situation there? Because, obviously, I'm sure they kind of told you a little bit about the big three, it's it certainly provided a platform for a lot of players, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Even those players that you know have a lot of talent, obviously, like you, you know, you didn't but didn't necessarily get the chance to show that, um, and people mm-hmm. kind of ride you off there. So, what's that kind of been like, um, you know, coming in, expecting a certain thing, and then um, ultimately being immersed in it and, and understanding uh, what you, well, you know, what you're kind of participating in.
0: Yeah. So what it took me to was. Uh... I want to destroy everyone I'm playing against. And it brought back that passion that I kind of let, let go into, into coaching. So, you know, like, it was like I really wasn't comfortable in the coaching the coaching field. I was comfortable, but I still wanted to get out there and bang. I still wanted to prove, I still had something to show. Hey, and sure. then that big three came on and was like, here's your opportunity. Are you going to take it? Where you gonna sit back? I said I'm taking it full steam ahead, and I just been like focusing on. I came in 326 pounds last year. This year I came in 275 pounds. You know, so like I, I really took it serious that I was like I gotta get back out there. Even though I'm 41, I don't feel 41. I wake up 27. You know, <laughs> so that's how I
1: feel. Love that. I've always I've always been told by the parents that. You don't you don't really get older there. Or it's just your age that gets older, but you as a person doesn't really grow up. So, love that. Exactly. Exactly. I'm
0: glad you feel <laughs> <laughs> So, what
4: so what was that uh, so what was that first season like? So you get uh you get picked up by Rick Barry and Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. So what was that situation like being coached by obviously one of the old
0: top greats? Um, Perfect for me because as a young kid growing up collecting basketball cards and all that mm-hmm. stuff, like and Rick Barry selected me and I'm like, Wow, it was just starstruck, <laughs> you know, like I was like, Wow, Rick Barry Hall of Famer, he selected me, I appreciate it. And that's gotta be a uh, great feeling. Yeah, but the you know, the the team was great and you know, all, but I didn't get my chance to shine. You know, I didn't think I really got my chance to go out there and do what I know what I can do. You know, like that that it felt like that fire was put back in the pit. Like I wasn't able to let that fire loose, so you know that that's what happened. And a little bit last year came on. I, I felt a little more comfortable out there. That's why I can't wait for this year. I'm, I'm ready. I'm I'm so super stoked, over ready to get to this year started. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're super super stoked too. And you
4: kind of touched on it. And I feel like last year with Tri State and just the way that you that you talk about it now, I feel like you really you found, like, a group of guys that you want to play with, like Nate and yeah. Robert Height and all them. That's really, like, Tri-State, like,
0: that's your team. Mm-hmm, yep. That's definitely, yeah. that's definitely our brotherhood team. Like, we take pictures, we contact each other every once in a while, we check on each other. So, you know, like, I think that's that's what it's all about, you know, just bringing us old guy, older guys back together and showing yeah, sure. we got this, you know, for this last ride of our lives in basketball. So what do you think? Um,
4: obviously, Tri-State was incredible uh, in 2018. After David Hawkins departed and Jermaine O'Neal the injury, they sort of took a little bit of a step back last year. What do you think they have to do to sort of now get over that hump and compete for a
3: championship?
0: Um, everyone stays, everybody stay healthy, and everybody stay together. Like keep the same team. Like Rob even okay. said in one of his interviews, we keep that team is no way in the world. You know, these new guys or whatever they're going to bring together will be affecting us at Tri I don't think yeah. any team out there could beat us. But for Mare, myself, Jason Richardson, Nate Robinson, Robert Height, and Yah, there's nobody, I don't
1: think any team out there could beat us. Not yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys <laughs> I
0: showed think that. We can play 5 1 somewhere. I think with this team, we can play 5
1: <laughs> 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 Well, you guys kind of showed that at the, at the tail end of last year, you know, making that that late playoff push there. But mm-hmm. coming into the season, you know, things didn't exactly go the way you probably hoped for, just in terms of like mm-hmm. the draft and everything. You get called upon. How did how was kind of that process? I mean, who who called on you, or or who called you to come play? And you know, um, what was kind of your your thought process behind it? Like
0: I said, it's a brotherhood, man. Jermaine O'Neal. Called me and let me know. It was like, bro, I need you to come fill in for me. And, you know, that that's even more of like a, like, you know, it just shows you more sentimental of what's going on with the tri state team. So it was like, man, he called me and said, I need you to come fill in, fill in, you know, behind me. And I said, no problem. And I was just ecstatic. You know, I was going through a personal moment at that time. And, just was like, oh man, like what's going on? Like it's a whirlwind, and, you know, him calling me and telling me, Bro, like, we need to come on back the second weekend, I was like, Man, let's do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything went out the window, you know.
1: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and I love that Jermaine was still, you know, affiliate I know there was a deactivation period there. Obviously he had the heart issue. Uh but I yeah, love that he was still involved in the the decision making with tri-state and obviously made a great pick there you know like i said you guys made that playoff push but one game in particular that sticks out to me for tri-state is a game actually nate robbins was out it was i think during that time where he had the eye injury and you guys were playing Mm three-headed monsters Uh, um that's an underrated game on the year first of all that game was aggressive (laughs) that game went down to the wire i just kind of want you to take us back you know in a for our listeners, you know, for in a world without sports, kind of how that, that game was for you, just being in it, because that game had some heated moments. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of grit in there, and, you know, the ending was spectacular. So kind of just take us through that game and, you know, kind of how you were feeling afterwards when you guys got the win.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, going through that game, like, I got a video I posted, it's Gary Payton. Uh, him talking trash. on, huh? We gonna beat y'all two times this year. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was like, man, you you bugging right now. I said, you're not gonna beat us. So, going into that game, that was already right in the back of my mind. I had no doubt in my mind we weren't gonna win that. We were gonna win that game. <laughs> I was like, there's no way in the world they can beat us. Yeah, and I was like, it's too much cockiness over on that side. So I was like, nah, man, respect to my big. My big bro, Gary Payton, I was like, you too cocky on this one. He's not going to get this one. we going to take this one because I, I feel this one. And just going through it, just going toe-to-toe with Larry Sanders, and you know, and Reggie. You know, me and Reggie got a you know, pass, you know, and all that stuff. So it was like, man, it was a dream that we would sit out there battling against each other and it went all the way out to wire like that and that we actually came out on top, you know. So... Mm-hmm. That that was a good thing that I didn't I didn't get to hear anything after the game. They didn't say anything to me because before the game, it was rah 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 rah, and it was game, quiet after. <laughs> I said I didn't, I didn't I didn't have to go home. and Really feel like I got a headache. Like damn, I'm tired. Like what the hell. Like,
1: yeah, but, yeah, Man, GP was probably going through it. They they went on that, that four-game losing streak there, and you you guys did not help his, his process. I mean, that, that's a team that's been to the playoffs every year, so when they're sitting at two and four, two and three, whatever it may be, you know, GP is going through, and, you know, that locker room is not fun to be in. But uh, that was probably, I think, one of the more underrated games uh, of the season, and, uh, but, like, but like, red. I, I, I'm sorry, i was going tell you Will
0: man. Like, just talking about Reg, Reg was aggressive. Like, Reg was super aggressive. And that's Reggie. you know, Reggie Evans, he's like mm-hmm. that. And he just was grabbing and biting and pulling. It's like, that's my type of game. So, like, I'm not going to ever lose any composure. He's not going to lose composure. So, it's just like, we just was two grown men, two grizzly bears battling. That's what it was, yeah. you know, like, the whole game. Two yeah. Grizzly bears and just smacking at each other and nobody backing down from one another. But I just wanted to give you that expression and that emotion from that game. It's just so people can really hear that and see what it was like. It was just imagine two grizzly bears battling, same size and all that stuff,
3: and neither one of them was backing down. So yeah, I mean, you got,
4: absolutely. You... And uh, I think really too, I think what's one of the, the the great things about the big three is, that you hit the nail on the head, is that you said. Both guys, you know, they they kept their composure. Nobody was playing dirty. You're just playing physical. You're playing aggressive, and that's what people yeah. love to see. Because I feel like a lot of times, especially now, people confuse the two. Like they think you can't play physical without it being dirty, but that's that's not true at all. So two guys that you know, are able to be aggressive, like you said, two Grizzlies Bears just going at it. You know that that's
0: really what the victory is all about. So that, that the crowd. That was, Don't forget yeah. the crowd. Don't absolutely hit the crowd. Yeah. They were heavily involved. They were heavily involved. <laughs> 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 it was, it was, it was divine, man. Like I'm trying to tell you, like that day was all put together. Like yeah. the way it came down with Reggie I battling, Amari battling, getting to the like the little scuffle. Nobody really fighting. Everybody just showing, like, okay, we're all alpha males out there. Who's gonna back down? You know that, and that's that's what For it sure. was all about. You know.
1: Well, I've been watching a lot of replays. I recently just watched that one um, today. Man, you—you you, and like you said, you two were going at it. There's one play in there where you're kind of backing him down slowly, kind of waiting for him to make his move. He makes his move, and you just kind of go around with the left hand. Man, love that. I mean, that, that's nice. I mean, bring bring back to the basket, game back one, but but. He, he,
0: knew, he knew it was coming. He didn't know when it was coming. He knew it was coming. He wish that shot
1: clock was a little bit shorter. Yeah. Well, I I think I think it's funny because I, I think I what I love about it is like in the big three there's a little bit more isolation like one on one there. So everyone's kinda of like, Okay, we gave Corsa the ball, we're gonna sit back and watch what he what he does next. And it's just kinda of like this this like slow motion, like backing him down slowly. You're like, I'm gonna make my move but I'm waiting on you and he's like, I'm not gonna make a move until he makes a move. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like it's that game of chicken, man.
0: It's how each other play the same way, you know. We played, like I said, we've had a past. We know, just know how each other play. Like, he, I know his pet move. I know he know my pet move. It's just, okay, we too old. we older now. We're we not going to fall for the hokey-doke. We just, <laughs> just sit there and just wait for that to happen. I haven't
3: come.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to touch on a couple of guys you've played with, and I want to start here with the Ballhawks, because this guy actually announced today, that, um, or it was kind of made more official, that he's going to be back for season four, and that's Jermaine Taylor, someone you got a chance to play with there in 2018, and someone we've, uh, again, been fortunate to have on the podcast, he kind of talked about his experience going through and how dedicated he is to the big three. We, we talked before the season, he was expecting obviously big things coming off a, a pretty good year for the Ballhawks with limited opportunity, obviously he had the injury there, but I think a lot of people don't know as much as they should about Jermaine Taylor and the type of baller he is, so just from your perspective, I mean, just with the amount of time you play with them, uh, tell us a little bit more about like Jermaine and, and what you kind of learned about um, who he is and like what type of player he is. Well, mm-hmm. uh, first. Jermaine, I can't
0: even say Jermaine, like as a player, like that's my brother first, you know, like first and foremost, that's my brother, you know, then we fall into that spring category because we play on the same, you know, same teams. just having your brother-in-law with you, you know, the being, you know, from Orlando, Florida, being down in Florida playing with him and, you know, get building that one-on-one, that two-on-two relationship wherever we played in Orlando and stuff like that, just how we just connected with one another. Like on a on a on a mental on a mental stage, you know, not just you know basketball because he he's a very intelligent guy. You know, if you see the article, you know, big three on their website, they put something out on him, and like that's him all the way. Like he's he's a very special guy, man. Like he he believes in what he works for. You know, he gets what he works for. He's a he's a very athletic person. Like yeah, he just he's explosive, he's something that you've never seen, like, I think, me personally, he belongs back in the NBA, like, he's an NBA, Facts. solid
3: player, Yeah. and I've coached in the NBA, and I've seen, like, and it's just like, he deserves his shot, and especially with all his work, and his, his, his
0: attitude, he's not, he's not an arrogant person, he's not, you know, out there, flamboyant, he, he's just a solid person, and he has a great heart, and he goes at everything, wholeheartedly, you know, he.
3: I've known him
0: for a long time, and he was quiet. I pulled him on the shelves. because I like to talk, so he just was like <laughs> he just was like, man, what what you doing? I said, man, we gonna play together. That's what I
1: told him. And sure enough, it happened to be that we both end up on the ball hall together. Yeah, uh, talked to Jermaine briefly there, but man, I, a lot of what you said definitely reflects on the conversation I had with him. Super cool guy, and big things coming for him, man. We've kind of got the, yeah. we got the luxury of seeing his uh. Like rehab a little bit just from um, him post on Instagram, and he's he's looking like he's getting back to one hundred percent there. So excited to see what he yeah, thinks we, in season we, four. We stay
0: in we stay in contact a lot, you know, like with the you know with us expressing how we wear the B one patches and all that stuff. So oh yeah, like we out there do those, and, like those things really work. I wouldn't bull crap anybody on that one, but those things really work. So. I just drove from Atlanta to Baltimore last night, so yeah, I'm still huh. off of B1 patch, but it it works. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't shoot anybody that just from me being healthy, like from coming from 300 some pounds to 270.
1: Like I I wouldn't just put anything in my body, so some things work, but yeah. Yeah, that brand's I give, growing I give too. those
4: B one patch people a lot of credit because I remember when, like, I forget who was the first one to have, have it, like, the beginning, like, two seasons ago,
0: and now I feel like half the league is wearing it. And then I saw like a commercial for Yeah. Yeah, I introduced I it to me, so Jermaine introduced that to me, Also, so like he's like, "You my brother, you, we on the team." That's another thing. Like he's like, "Yo, put these on, try this," and then I actually met the guy who owned it. And it's just like it's 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 a, it's a dream come true with that, like especially being an athlete, an older athlete, like it helps you out with your you know your energy, and, you know, stability. So yeah. But Jermaine, man, like I yeah, I can I can go on and on all night about Jermaine because he's a he's a he's a special guy, man. Like he has a heart of gold, you know, and it's like I feel like you know, like he deserves NBA. I really think he deserves NBA, like. Because he he's going to work hard and he's going to prove and show what he can do. Yeah. Once you put him in that situation. Hundred percent agree. Like the injury the injury is not going to matter right now because he he's already in the right frame of mind. He's he's a, he's he's been past that since it happened. But you know he's a <laughs> he's an extraordinary player. He's one of the best players I've seen play. You yeah. Know, with my own eyes.
1: So yeah. Well, I I completely agree. He should definitely be back at the NBA kind of got a sour deal but love that he's investing in the big three and looking forward to see what he brings uh next season there i guess the second guy i wanted to touch on uh a little bit more of a prominent name there but uh, dr j he's your coach or he was your coach this past year what is it like having um dr j as your coach straight up straight forward <laughs> no beating around the bush nothing is coming
0: straight at you if you if you like, no cut cards. He doesn't He doesn't give you any okie doke. He doesn't play around. He doesn't like. okay, he laugh about something. If he gives it to you, he's giving it to you. I, I'm going to give you the story about when I played for the Ballhawks. We did. We were sharing locker rooms at one time, one game, because we got a small, I'm not sure where we was, but Dr. J was giving that scout report. I was in there still, you know, getting ready after the game. Dr. J said, um, we waiting for you. You got to go. <laughs> I, mean, dang, like I, I mean, First of all, you know he's one of the greatest of all times. He just said, "Get the hell out of my locker room." <laughs> 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 so it is. Um, he knows, he knows, he knows the game of basketball. He's smart, and you know he's he's, he's one of the greatest. He's definitely one of the greatest of all times. Like, I love it. Like. Oh man, it, it, it's a wonderful feeling. Just, like I said, that big three is like a is a lifesaver for a lot of guys who deserve to play, who didn't get to play, like as myself, as much as everybody else, and get my name out there. But it's a great thing just to understand that we get to play in front of Hall of Famers, yeah, in front of celebrities. You know, like because I didn't get to go to the big university. I went to Central Connecticut State University. But, you know, I love I love my school. I bleed blue. You know, I'm a blue devil. You know, the real blue devil. So I'm going to go ahead and go with that and just be like Dr. J. He's a straightforward guy. I mean, it's just an honor to play for him. Definitely an honor to play
1: for that guy. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, man. That's incredible.
0: Because I see how everyone when we're around them they like, oh, Dr. J, Dr. J. <laughs> and I was like...
4: Oh, that's my coach, man. Like, I can I can send him a text message whatever, wow. you know? That's sick. That that's gotta be the best <laughs> girl in the world, <laughs> that's man. That, that's gotta be awesome. Like when that that one moment where Doctor Day's like, Let me give you my cell phone number in case you ever need anything I'd be like, Oh my god, like,
1: like, oh, Doctor Day's phone number <laughs> 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 You just got you're just going down your contact list you got Doctor Day in there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a little story, another story about Dr. J. My mother yeah. was in love with Dr. J. Like, I was, you
0: know, she, <laughs> and my mother's like me. She's going to say it was on her mind. So I'll be like, oh, my gosh. I said, mine please, he's married. Don't mess with that man. Don't say nothing him. like, we, on, we get on the bus towards the games. He'd be like, oh, Dr. J, Dr. J, I got to meet Dr. J. Come on, brag to all the brothers and sisters. he just be like, I met Dr. J. That, that was supposed to be your father, of course. They're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! You're like, mom, you
3: got
4: a good thing going here? <laughs> oh, I'm mean, like, mom, don't blow this one, mom. <laughs> Oh my
0: God. <laughs> I just, I don't Love that. And, yeah, the big, big Three is, you know, it's been it a lifesaver for someone like me who still has stuff left in his tank. It wanted to show, like, a lot of doubters and a lot of people who missed, you know, like, that's what I think about the Big Three. I think that's one of the best things Q could have ever done. But, you know, Watching all the older players, so they don't fall off the face of Earth. You know, just keep everybody involved, regardless of the NBA or the big three. You know, you're always gonna be involved. Some of them to be able to see you, and they will reach out to you, reach out to you, who, somebody who might been looking for you for 15 years. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's it's, it's special, man. Like, I think you really nailed on the head with this one. Like he really drilled it drilled it home with. Not the big three for professional athletes. Basketball yeah, fans. absolutely. I feel like it's it's
4: introduced me to to so many people that like didn't like like you said still have stuff in the tank. But even two guys that like I was even familiar of, with, like David Hawkins. Like mm-hmm. like who knew that like, like he was been incredible in Italy for all these years. But then he comes over to the states and he plays incredibly. He, you know, he has a MVP caliber season in twenty eighteen. But you know mm-hmm. that, you, that that's just somebody else. It really just exposes you to all these brand new talents and all these all these guys. You know,
0: it's honestly it's incredible the opportunity. And it's so, fun that we get to know about David Hawkins. Like I know about David Hawkins forever. Like, did you me and okay. David Hawkins from DMV? You know, he's from DMV area. I'm from Baltimore, so okay. I used to go to Barry Bonds. Um, we got we have a game. We played together a lot, so. Growing up, I've always known about hawk, and he's just been a dog. I call him my little old him and he's Slim, <laughs> the they both know, so I call we we all call each other old. So it's like like it's a little thing we all came up with. But like David Hawk is David Hawk is that's my guy. Like hell, yeah. he he crazy loving that played over season turkey with him. So like we oh, okay. we've been all over the place together. So yeah, he's a really really he's a dog. He's one of the best guys. They should have been in the NBA for over 15 years. Like, he's that type of I guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. He has that game. <laughs> yeah. He, man, he's been crazy, and he's been fun to watch. And, you know, obviously there's a couple others out there that maybe the the casual basketball fan didn't know about. Um, but now has the Big 3 platform to kind of really show their game and expose what what people have been missing out on, you know, we've talked about David Hawkins, um, Andre Owens, uh, you know, rest in peace to this guy, but Andre Emmett was another guy, um, obviously was a guy who was unstoppable in the league. So, you know, just being able to expose some names out there has, has been a luxury. Um, I think even more so for the, just basketball fans in general, like, um, but more so for those that are, are, are watching basketball on a regular basis and big hoop heads. So, Like you said, you know, you've hit the nail on the head there. Just big three has been nothing but extraordinary and and has been a hundred percent, a great product and a great league. And with that being said, the the big three also, you know, kind of before all this quarantine stuff happened announced that they were going to have a different style of league here. We're going to move, uh, from basketball to kind of this fireball three, uh, realm here, uh, Continue to try to add on the new initiatives and, and make this this league its own. I know it's kind of uh, been out of the limelight a little bit just because of everything going on. But your first initial thoughts just on on the new rules to the Big Three and, and what they've kind of implemented to to really make this thing its own. You know, make this thing its own league and and uh, you know show how it how it differs from a regular three on three basketball game. Mm-hmm. So so. Um,
0: with the fireball thing I love it like that one-on-one thing where somebody can select someone and go against one on, one-on-one to, for a call yeah, I, think that's, I think that's cool hopefully they take the referees out of it so you just one-on-one real bully <laughs> ball you know, I, I would like to do that to be honest but you yeah, know it, no, it, so don't nobody get upset and stuff like I understand it's under the, winch, under the whistle but like I think that's that's, that's phenomenal like Coach, but hold on, I'm challenging that. I want this guy going against this guy for that point or whatever it is. Like, I think that's one of the best things ever. Like, <laughs> because a lot of people like to see one-on-one. So it's incorporation. Instead of just coming down, seeing 5-1-5, one guy take it to the wing, go one-on-one. Now it's like, okay, timeout. Let's get these guys, break them down, let's go one-on-one. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's, one, that's, that's great. Like, that's, that's very creative. Whoever thought about that is very creative. You know, Cube and Jeff, like, the team, like, they really put that together to come out and say one-on-one in professional basketball. That's that's like playing in
1: the park on, like, 2K or something like that. You know, <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, I can see my favorite players going against each other. Nah, it's oh, incredible. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> well, you touched on a little bit earlier, too, the, the younger guys coming in. I mean, we've talked to, uh, you know, a few of the players in, in the league, um, some of the older guys there, and. I mean, I, I think your response is going to be the same, but just kind of your thoughts on it, just in terms of those guys coming in. Um, I think a lot of people on the out, outside of the big three community kind of think, "Oh, younger guys are going to come in; they're going to take over for all the older guys there." But just you know, as one as one of those
3: vets, he's mix. already laughing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I wanted him to bring in the question. I just love I love to hear it because I'm on the same side as you, Corsley, just in the fact that these guys probably don't know what to expect coming in the league. So just want to kind of. Hear your no, thoughts I on it.
0: They have no <laughs> clue. They have no clue. All I'm trying to tell you to be understood, like you can't come with like not being able to take a hit. You're not gonna be able to take, a, you know, going home without some couple scratches. Might be get an elbow in the eye. Might get an elbow to the back of the neck. So if you ain't tough enough and ready for that, then you know it's, hard, it's gonna be kind of tough for you. If you think you're gonna sit out there. And shoot threes, the coach is not gonna allow you to just sit there and shoot threes if you're not gonna be yeah. physical into the paint. So it's gonna it's gonna be a little tough, you know, but I respect it. You know, like I'm not gonna say, okay, these guys, you know, they're young. But think about it, we got maybe the same amount of years of them being born <laughs> uh experience. you know, like Think about that. Like, we've been playing 20 years. If I, I've been playing for 20 years and they're coming in 22, whatever, like, I pretty much, before they even know it, picked up a basketball, that knowledge of basketball is already installed in me. So, if they think they can use the athletic ability, I'm going to put my weight on them, you can't do anything. Use my leverage. You know? So, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, a little, it's, it's a little trick to trade that you got, you know, when you play basketball. You know, it's things you learn over years and stuff. Like, you might learn how to untie somebody's shoe without even issue like, like, different
3: of basketball that you can, yeah. that you
0: can't do. Well, I think so the. One guy, I think with that
1: one. Well, I think the the thing too is that I mean, just completely different generations and times, right? I mean, you come from you know the physical era of basketball. We've obviously seen that kind of lighten up here, uh, you know, in 2020. So. I think for them, uh, it's gonna be kind of a wake up call for some of those guys, and we'll we'll end up seeing, you know, who who's kind of like the toughest of the toughest, uh, you know, coming out from that younger crowd. So I, I think it's gonna be interesting. I think it's a good blend, uh, bringing like kind of yeah. the older older guys and the younger guys and mixing them together and see, you know, who who are the dogs in there. Hope, I
0: just I just hope don't no one think that they can do the fireball one of the old guys <laughs> versus the young guy, unless it's like. Okay, you get to choose somebody passing in, you post up, cool. Man. You know what I mean? Like, if you got to stand out there and go laterally with one of them 22 year olds, you know, gonna, they're going to get the hand check, which is legal in the league. So they're not going to know how to deal with that. You know, like, today's the basketball, they're not allowing kids to hand check. So we've been playing with hand checks our whole lives. So it's yeah. kind of difficult for them, you know, like, even to get to the, even to try to get to the paint. Not that they're giving them maximum dribbles, but, yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: It's going to be difficult for the guys. Like, Some might get it. Some might just be like, okay, I had enough of this. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go ahead and concentrate on going back go overseas. I thought this was a but, yeah, Big three is definitely not a cakewalk. <laughs> <Nah. laughs> i not thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to go against old guys and I'm going to just dunk all over them. No, nah, I don't think so. Look at Kenyon Martin. Look at Kenyon Martin. You think that everybody don't have that fire in them at these yeah. ages? Yeah, like,
1: they have that fire in them. So, well, first <laughs> guy I think it. of is uh Katina Mobley there. Like, one of the younger guys thinking they can lock him up, man. That... Oh, man.
0: <laughs> lefty. Lefty,
3: giving all
0: left-hands. <laughs> all left-hands. Or even Mahmoud, Mahmoud.
3: Yeah, Mahmoud, true. He's
0: still yeah. giving buckets, yeah. man. Oh,
4: my God. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, man, it's,
0: it's a great combination. It, it's going to be a great combination. But I don't think the young guys are going to be able to play a lot throughout it. Like, Steph, in did times because, you know, they're they not going to have that experience. Pretty much, you know, like I don't think they really experienced that much in that short age or a time frame to understand what it's like to play playoff basketball. You know what I'm saying? High school basketball, college basketball is not the same as uh, 10
1: 15 year NBA basketball playoff time. It's, it's, it's a difference. <laughs> it's different a, breeds out there, right? I mean, just a yeah. different mode, yeah. Yeah, should be fun. I'm definitely excited, looking forward to that. And, uh, I think, I think the last thing I, I want to end on here, uh, you know, Will might have a couple questions afterwards, but I think the last thing I want to end on is we finally got some type of sports. You know, we got the WNBA draft. Uh, we got the NFL draft coming up tomorrow. But I think for us hoop heads out here, just in terms of, like, men's professional basketball, we got something. We got the MJ documentary, The Last Dance, the first two episodes that came out. Have you seen it? And what were your thoughts on it?
0: Mm, I've seen it. And like <laughs> it's hard to say. Like I felt bad for Scotty, man. Like I think I think that's how I am, you know, like as far as me coming in and playing after the fact, maybe playing a year or two in the NBA and then coming to play playing the big three. That's how I felt, like underprivileged. Like I can yeah, kick anybody behind, I can go against you, I'm gonna lock you up, I'm gonna do all it. like Scotty, I felt like the documentary portrays Scotty made us must- basketball players understand what Scotty went through. You know, like, nobody had no idea that, okay, this is what he was doing at this time. You know, that six year or seven years, 17, 18, 16 million, like, I felt bad for him because he gave his blood, sweat, and tears to a lot of it, you know, and it, it just felt bad for him. But for MJ, <laughs> he, he's the best of all time <laughs> on Any on any level. You know, like, you can put him in today. If he was 23 today <laughs> and did what he done, like, it, no one, I don't think anybody would ever have any this, that, and that, But I don't
1: like talking about that because that's ongoing because everybody has their favorites. <laughs> I think, I, well, I was going to say, I think Will and I are under agreement that MJ is the greatest of all time. So, I mean, at least yeah. here on this pod, you don't have anybody yeah. to uh, combat with there. Because I think we're on yeah. we're in agreement. Yeah, there. you're
0: in a safe space here. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. I'm, that's why I put it out there. I'm, looking, <laughs> no, you're, I'm, I'm like, please don't leave me out there to dangle. <laughs> I'm like, what about LeBron? Of course.
4: I'm like, what about LeBron?
3: Like, hey. Hey. Honestly,
4: for, for me, my biggest thing is MJ is my number one. But really, I go back and forth between LeBron and Kareem is my number two. Yeah. I really do. You know, Just because I feel like from high school to college to professional, he probably had the greatest, talk about career, from high school mm-hmm. to retirement, he had the
0: greatest basketball career. I mean, you know, I'm, how he went in college. We're we going to bump heads on that one. I'm going to have to go with Big O. Big Oscar. Yeah. You, you you can he, make that like argument triple, yeah. double. Like, He's a yeah. he, he, <laughs> man, You triple a double every night? You're averaging that? Like, come on. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, that's difficult. They they don't no no, no, no one ever talks about that. Well, you know, like nobody ever talks about the big old where he's like. Oh, no, you're right. One of those top ones. He
3: might not have had seventy thirty five thousand points, but you know he did that. Like he averaged triple of everything. Yeah, so it was, yeah, yeah. That's
1: crazy. that that was in like a day and age where stats weren't tracked. You know, from from second to second. So that man is just going out there. Just a ball, and we're just accumulating those stats, man. I mean, it's crazy. That, just accumulator. Yeah. Like,
0: okay, we just put him down for that because we know he had a bunch of them. We know he had more than 10. So we just put that
1: deck <laughs> Yeah, they're not even tracking it. They're just like 10, 10 in these categories. Oh, okay, triple-double. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Uh, well, of course, man, we appreciate it, and uh, we wish you the, less, the best Good of you, luck um, going into Season 4. Uh, any strong. last word from you? Anything? That you got going on that you just want to tell the people about, make people aware.
0: Yeah, man. Just, just if you if you're striving to be a basketball player, you got just the time right now to focus for it. You know, like if you're not, if you ain't already started that, like you behind on the eight ball. So just you know, try to pick up the speed, move a little faster, just you know, look forward to what you what you willing to accept. You know, because basketball is a rough and tough sport. It Looks all good and nice and stuff on the lights under the lights, but if you're not if you're not ready, you will get embarrassed. <laughs> I
1: like that. Wise words from the vets, from the lefty man, Coorsley Edwards. Lefty. Appreciate your time today, man, and uh, continue Appreciate to stay safe out there.
3: Appreciate it. All right, you guys too.